You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets presented by Built Bar. They taste way better than any other energy bar on the market. You can try them by using promo code Locked On to get $10 off of your first box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. Again, that's BuiltBar.com. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets individually. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail, and Doug is on Twitter at Doug Branson LOH. We did a show before we did a show. It usually makes Doug angry when we do that, even though he is the biggest contributor to that. He is the most guilty party when it comes to doing shows before we actually do the show. At first, before we even hopped on the mic, the real mic, when it's real show time, we just went down literally, and I mean literally, went down the 74 jerseys that were ranked by ESPN by grabbing all of the different NBA analysts to come together and create the top four or top 74 jerseys of all time. We went down really every one, Doug, and made our comments. And so we thought, okay, we'll just bring it to the show. That'll happen in the second segment. But we already did that. And it seems like you're pretty excited to talk 90s jerseys. We're always ready to talk 90s NBA jerseys. And we're going to get a lot of them in the top 74 of all time. Yeah, we got a lot of lists to get through. Uh, we're doing some of our favorite segments, which is just take other people's content and then disagree with it. Um, if we get, we've got this article by Roderick Boone on The Athletic. Who, Roderick, yes. Roderick? That's Rod, what I said. No, no, I know. I'm laughing because we just call... I think us in the biz just call him Rod, but you can call him Roderick if you want. Well, that's his byline. I'm just reading what's on his byline. I mean, I'm no, not... Douglas, not, you're right. Absolutely. You know, we are colleagues. We are not BFFs. So I'm going to I'm going to give him the respect that he has earned and say Roderick Boone. If you don't put the Rick at the end of that, then you're right. That is a sign of disrespect. Right. Just like Richard Bunnell. We mm-hmm. have him all the time on the show and I, I afford him that respect because Richard is right. Um, Douglas so anyway. Branson, that's that is what we call you now. Any guest that says Doug Branson, uh, it's a sign of disrespect. I agree. Proceed. Uh, so Roderick Boone has this article out on the athletic called best player by number. And he goes from double zero to double eights, double snowman. I mean, he goes through every number in Hornets Bobcat history. God bless him and ranks everyone by number. So I'd love to start here and just talk about what, what we feel are some of his hits and misses. The first thing I noticed, it's already in the title, Doug, when you read this. It's just straight up, like you said, from double zero to double 88 to double snowman. I didn't know that there was a double snowman here in Hornets history. I had forgotten about that fact. I did not know who had 88, the biggest number, I guess, right? You would have to imagine he'd go even further. But uh, Eric Williams coming in at 88, just a little tease, right? I'll go right to the end. Eric Williams comes in at 88. I know, like, there's no way I would have guessed that it got all the way to that grand of a number. And that's the first thing I noticed. It's right in the title, man. It already gets my attention. And it didn't happen until 2007. I think it would have been really cool if a original Charlotte Hornet would have honored the team by wearing 88, because of course that is the year that they were birthed into the NBA. Uh, So that would have been cool. But yeah, 88, Eric Williams in 2007, he was traded from Charlotte, traded to Charlotte, I should say from 
San Antonio. I don't have a ton of problems with this list, although, I mean, right at the jump, number one, they give it to Muggsy. I get it, but my heart wants to be with the honorable mention and Baron Davis and B. Diddy. But then in the in the rest list, Kimball Walker, remember, he wore the number one for a little while. Now, we'll see his name again at number 15, but he was in the rest here. Um, but, I, man, I just love B. Diddy. I get why it's Muggsy, but I want it to be B. Diddy. Yeah, this goes to the problems that I had with the top 30 Hornets list. It's, do you have to go with the best player that wore that jersey, the best Hornet that skill-wise, or do you have to go who meant more to the franchise? I think you got to go Muggsy because more people are out here sporting a number one Muggsy jersey more than they are than a Kemba or a Baron Davis. There's not too many Baron Davis number one Hornets jerseys out there. There's still a ton. Muggsy jersey's still popular. One, I got to go with Muggsy. Yeah, number one, I'm just kind of scrolling through this list now. I think number one might be the deepest. Now, number 12 goes to Dwight Howard. That's controversial. Only one season in Charlotte did average a double-double, 16.6 points, 12 and a half rebounds, but he gets it over Vladi Dottie. I mean, Divac gave his mistake. life to this franchise. Didn't even want to come here. (laughs) I think, yeah, that's a mistake. Uh, Vladi is somebody that needs to have number 12 over Dwight Howard and his reasoning, although he might not be among the most liked individual at times, Dwight Howard has a knack for putting up numbers and that's what he did in his season here. He started all 81 games, which is pretty interesting. Actually, that's not, I mean, that's not an insignificant stat. The fact that he started 81 games, considering how injury ridden he's been. He started all 81 games. He played and averaged a double, double 16 and a half points, 12 and a half rebounds. Those are, it's hilarious, right? The, the, the Dwight stat experience is so much different than the Dwight watching experience. We're we're going to look at Dwight Howard years from now and think, man, what a great season for the Hornets. Why didn't they just throw a bag of money at him? Uh, But that's certainly not the case. And I agree with you. Vlade should have been number 12, the best player to wear that jersey for the Hornets. Uh, Speaking of Dwight Howard, how about the guy that they traded to get Dwight Howard? Miles Plumley making this list because he is the only person in Charlotte Hornets history, however brief it was for Miles, to wear the number 18. So he makes the list by virtue of being the only person to ever wear that number for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, I'm still searching to see what I feel like is the deepest number. Right now, number one is the one to beat because it has Kemba in there. It has Muggsy. It has Barron. I mean, that's going to be really difficult to beat. Um, Let's look at – how about Marco Bellinelli at number 21 over your boy Alex Ajansa? Ajansa. Ricky Davis also wearing that. Trevion Graham, I think a fan favorite. Sidney Green. Jamal McGlure. Did he get – his one all-star appearance with New Orleans. with New Orleans. See, yeah, he did That's most of I his thought. damage. He was beginning to show flashes of mm-hmm. it in that final year in Charlotte. But, uh, yeah, he would do most of his damage. While How he about was this, though, real quickly? Hornets. I have not seen a Marco Bellinelli jersey at Spectrum Center. Or maybe I have, but it was just so not noticeable uh, compared to a Eduardo Nahara jersey that I saw at Spectrum Center one time and put it out there on Twitter. And everybody was fascinated to see that there was an Eduardo Nahara jersey that existed. It was a Bobcats Nahara jersey. So maybe an honorable mention there over Ricky Pierce. Hey, I'm just saying. Okay, I may have a number that could compete with number one in the future, and that's number 25. You'll know it as the number of Big Al Jefferson, but it was also the number of Tony Bennett, who had some time here in the early years. And as you know, if you just take it from the perspective of basketball in general, he's had quite a career as head coach at, at Virginia. And then here's the name, P.J. Washington, who's currently wearing the number 25, Baby Big Al, who could have an opportunity 
uh, to make some waves with that number. And then George Zedek. You remember Zedek? I love yes. Zedek. Uh, how about it, how offensive is it to you, Doug, that Ray Spalding, Dwayne Jones, and LaRon Ellis make up the list of players from 26 to 28? Again, I repeat, Ray Spalding, mm-hmm. who signed with the Hornets in January, uh, who's been on the G League affiliate for, again, January. Dwayne Jones, 27, who played six games in 2008, 2009. And LaRon Ellis, who played 50 games starting once in 1993, 1994. Ladies and gentlemen, your list of best players in Hornets history, donning the jerseys 26, 27, and 28. Okay, now 33. We skip down to 33. It's it's led by one of the greatest players in Charlotte Hornets history, Alonzo Mourning. It also is the number of Matt Carroll, Kenny Gaddison, Hersey Kenny Hawkins. G. That's right, the Gatman. Brendan Haywood, Charles Shackelford. I don't know about that last one, but that's a lot of names. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if it's competing with number one, but it's close. I mean, you got Mourning, Hersey Hawkins, and Kenny Gaddison in there. 41 seems like a random number to have two players really good in a Hornets uniform uh, to be mentioned. Glenn Rice being the best, no doubt about it. But how about Eldon Campbell? 41, not a number you would think multiple contenders, maybe for another team. Glenn Rice, nobody's going to beat him. But shout out to Eldon Campbell. And he swapped his number to five. So he, Mm -hmm. I think that first couple, that first year, or uh, he had 41, and then he would end as the number five. So So it makes sense. Yeah. Well, I I dock him for that. You don't get it. You don't, you know, it's not as cool if you don't keep the number. Um, So I guess I should dock Kimba for being one and then 15. But how about we back up one, though? Cody Zeller getting the nod at 40. The rest, I love this list. Frank Brakowski, one of the best names in Charlotte Hornets history, and then Brad Miller. <laughs> I think I think Rick Richard Bennell would have some some yeah. words to say about Brad Miller not being the best forty uh, over uh, Cody Zeller. So let's go down the list here. Anthony Tolliver makes the list at forty three over Laron Ellis, Linton Johnson, Jake Voxel. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Joe I want to give a shout out to maybe here's a, here's a little revelation for all the listeners. How about this? Perhaps my favorite under discussed Hornet of all time, Lee Nalon coming in at 54. Love me some Lee Nalon, man had that one season where he was pretty good for the Hornets and that was it. I mean, it doesn't even qualify as a little stretch because it was just one season and that does not qualify as a little stretch according to our rules. But Nalon was good. Rod Boone writes, Roderick Boone writes, in his second season in the league, Lee Nalon put up numbers he couldn't top or duplicate for that matter for nearly three years. (laughs) One of the first players in team history to participate in the NBA's Rising Stars game. Wow. He shot 48.3% from the floor and averaged 10.8 10.8 points and 3.7 rebounds a game and 01 and 02. It was the year, I guess it was after that playoff appearance, if I'm not mistaken. How about Lee Nalon, my favorite under-discussed Hornet of all time? Shout out Lee Nalon. Before we get out of here, I think I'm I'm settled that number one is the greatest jersey number in Charlotte Hornets history. I think it has the deepest roster. Uh, two things that I think he got dead wrong was uh, number 42. He gave it to P.J. Brown. That should have gone to our man, Dave Hoppin, Dave Hoopin, Big yeah. Hops. Dave Hoppin is the best <laughs> Charlotte Big Hornets. Hops for sure. 
uh, number 42. The other one that I think he gets dead wrong is two spots lower than that, Derek Coleman. He gives Derek Coleman the number 44. That's got to go to the Gap Man. I mean, I get it. Coleman was the more talented player, but so much bad history, bad vibes, bad taste in your mouth when it comes to Derek Coleman, whereas the Gap Man would just do anything. He would get his hands in the dirt. Uh, I do want to talk to you a little bit about what the best energy bar is out there. It doesn't matter what kind of wrapper it has. It doesn't matter what kind of jersey that this dons. It's certainly the best of its kind. It's the best energy bar, Doug, and that's Built Bar. I don't care what kind of jersey number it is. It's going to be the best. You could put number 15. Sorry, Kimba, move over. Built Bar is the best. And not only is it the best tasting energy bar, but it's a healthy one too. It's finally a healthy protein bar that's not chalky. It's not gritty. It's not nasty. It's got real chocolate. It has amazing flavors. Kind of tastes like a candy bar. It has great texture. It has an amazing combination of low calories and high protein, low sugar. There's no crazy additives. Not only am I a fan of Built Bar, Doug, but I know you and producer Katie are big fans of Built Bar as well. Well, the Built Bar really came into my life at like a perfect time because during this whole quarantine, uh, I have put on a Corin 15. I put on a couple pounds. I'm going to be honest with everybody. I looked in the mirror one day and I said, wow, what's going on? So I've started running more. And when you run, everyone tells you, you know, after your run, you got to get hydrated, but you also have to put something in your body, uh, you know, put some energy back into your body that you expelled after the run. Uh, so I've been killing these built bars, man, because it's cool. You go out on this run and then you come back and you get to treat yourself to essentially a candy bar, a dessert. I mean, it tastes great. It's healthy for you. Low in sugar. That's great for me. That's great for uh, producer Katie who works out a lot. So if you're looking to drop the corn 15 like me, uh, I'd, I'd hit up one of these built bars to help you out. Go to builtbar.com right now and you can use promo code locked on and get $10 off your first box at www.builtbar.com. Again, that's builtbar.com. Use promo code locked on to get $10 off of your first box. We'll be back with the greatest moments in Hornets history. Have an update on the bracket that's coming up next. Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. All I have to go off of is write-ups and highlights and some video tidbits on Twitter because I was not able to watch this game. Tidbits, like are, tidbits? That's a, well, that's a great word, tidbits. It, I mean, that's just a funny a word. word, tidbits. I want to use it every single day. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We did an entire show before we hopped on to do the actual show today. And another thing that we discussed was that we were going to make this a shorter show because we got to get down on our time. And sure enough, we spent all that time talking about every single individual number to talk about what best player wore that number. Uh, That's the kind of show that happens to us, man. Like, this is what we do. We can't help ourselves. It's important stuff. It's extremely important stuff. Let's get to the most important stuff. Let's update you on the Hornets' greatest moments bracket that we have concocted right as the pandemic hit us, trying to figure out what kind of content that we wanted to talk about. Doug, what are some of the results that we get from Region 4 as I pull up some of the results here on Maya? All right, so Region 4, we had the number one seed out of Region 4 was Kimba's all-time points lead, uh, getting the all-time points lead. Uh, going against Al Jefferson's third team All-NBA. Kimba blew Al Jefferson (laughs) out of the water. This was the biggest defeat that we've had so far in round one. It was Alonzo Mourning beating Muggsy 75-25, to the shot uh, against the Celtics to win the first playoff game, soundly beating Muggsy, blocking Patrick Ewing. Uh, This time it was 91-9. to 91% of you thought Kimba getting the all-time points lead, which, uh, by the way, 
Walker was kind of down on, so you showed him. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kemba's all-time points lead moves on to the next round. And then we had our first tie. We had a tie in the other matchup. That was uh, the Hornets drafting Kemba. That was the second seed going up against the third seed. Uh, Anthony Mason and Glenn Rice both getting all NBA in 96-97. I think that I had a lot to do with this because I thought Hornets drafting Kemba was going to blow Mason and Rice out of the water as well. But I think I did a good job of explaining why the Mason-Rice thing was so important. Unfortunately, because it's a tie, the official result is Hornets drafting Kemba moves on because it was the higher seed. And so that completes the first round of our Hornets, greatest Hornets moments bracket. I think that's very astute of you, though. Yeah, I, I think that it is because of solely you, because of your yeah. innate ability to describe why that was important to Thank the you. franchise, that that ended up being a tie because you thought Kimba was going to destroy the other moment, but you did a good job of describing that and articulating that in a way that it did tie with Kimba Walker, the greatest player in franchise history, solely from Douglas Branson. Thank you very much. Well, I'll tell you this. I mean, if you look at the first round, Kimba Walker's 60-point game got 68% of the vote. Uh, Kimba's all-star game start beat Glenn Rice 60-40. to And uh, then we already said Kimba's all-time points lead won 91 to nine. So Kimba has not lost yet in this tournament. And so I think just the very fact that Mason and Rice were able to tie it says all all you need to say about my influence on this bracket. No, this is for you. I mean, this is not sarcasm. This is the greatness that is Douglas Branson on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. So now that we have the regions all figured out, we are now finally moving into the second round of the greatest Hornets moment of all time bracket. Doug, as I frantically try to deal with my awful internet and pull up different <laughs> things, try to stall with the listeners in order to pull some of this I got stuff you, buddy. Up, I can, I can I'm read instead going to kick it to you Great. for you to tell the listeners what kind of things we can expect in the second. Round. I have fantastic internet. I've got Google Fiber over here in Nashville, Tennessee. It's one of the benefits of being here in Nashville. Um, so I will, uh, uh, do my duty here and read <laughs> this off. Bene- is it a benefit of being in Nashville? Is that a known thing? They have Google fiber. I mean, you just turn the street corner, bam, Google, fi- Google fiber right in your face. Yeah. I mean, I'm throwing it in people. Anyone that asks me like, what's your internet? I'm like, I have Google fiber. Eat it because it's uh, I'm, I'm in Nashville. Duh. It just surrounds us everywhere you go. All right. So we have our elite eight in this tournament. It's going to be Alonzo morning shot going up against the Hornets returning and getting that comeback victory against the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. That's going to be a really tough matchup. I mean, you've got the emotions that a lot of these newer Hornets fans have about the name coming back and older fans too, uh, going up against the classic thing that we see on NBA TV all the time, Alonzo Mourning knocking down the shot that would win the game. Then the next matchup, Kimba's all-star game start versus Courtney Lee's shot. This was one of the most surprising victories in this tournament. Courtney Lee beating the Hornets debuting in 1989, 60 to 40, going up against Kimba's all-star game start. And then Kimba Walker's 60-point victory is going to go up against Bobcat's first playoffs appearance. And these are two really low seeds, uh, two upsets going up against one another. Kimba Walker's 60 was one of the lower seeds in this entire tournament, beating Space Jam soundly to get to the second round against Bobcats first playoff that beat Hornets trading Alonzo Mourning for Glenn Rice. And then our final one, Hornets drafting Kimba versus, this is Kimba versus Kimba here, versus 
Kimba's all-time points lead. So you, you've got some great matchups here. Your first and your fourth matchup are going to be absolutely fantastic. I can't wait until next week to dig into these and really talk about them one versus one. Two questions I have. Is Kimba represented in each of the regions that we have, at least in one of those contests? Except region one, right? Or or is he represented in? Yeah, because of the Hornets' name coming back. So, if you wanted to, I guess that would be a well. No, because we did as we did lump in there their comeback victory. Uh, That gives it the extra juice. And and if you remember, Kemba uh, knocked down the shot to send them to overtime. Uh, So he was very much, and he had a second half explosion in that game. So I mean, he was very much a part of that comeback. So Kemba is represented. Um, at least once, which means that, and it, we even have a Kimba matchup. So he's mentioned or represented five times in the eight moments that we have in Hornets history. That's one thing that I noticed about this greatest moments bracket. Another one is that we do have a lot of good matchups because it's such a small sample size to, of course, create less work for us instead of going with uh, an ambitious bracket of having 32 teams, 64 we decided to go to 16 and because it's such a small sample size, we go from maybe a couple of upsets that happen, maybe a couple of lopsided victories to boom, close matchups immediately in the second round. It's going to be interesting to see exactly who wins in the second round. Doug, I know we are telling people to support the people that support us. Tell the people how they can support Blinkist. Yeah, Walker. I mean, Blinkist honestly is like one of the most useful apps that I have on my phone right now. It's hard to find the time to sit down and read and learn more. Even in quarantine time, I just feel like it's really hard for me to sit down and focus and like read an, an entire book. Um, when you, Even when you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There's an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. It works on your phone, your tablet, your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways that need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into 15 minutes that you can either read or listen to. Uh, Successful people, business leaders are well known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you and me who want to get the main points of a book quickly so that we can start using that information right away. And with the audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book uh, anytime, essentially anywhere. Uh, I like Blinkist because, again, I can get that information quickly into my brain without having to, you know, sit down and read an entire book. Uh, I've been reading or Blinkisting, I guess, Upheaval, Turning Points for Nations in Crisis by Jared Diamond. Great history book. They also have the sports gene. I did that one, Inside the Science of Extraordinary Athletic Performance. They have a book by Richard Branson, no relation, unfortunately, The Virgin Way, Everything I Know About Leadership. Uh, so if you're looking to maybe start uh, becoming an entrepreneur or something like that, Blinkist is great for that. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA Try it free seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash MBA to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off on top of that, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. This is Locked on Hornets. Neither Miles Bridges or PJ Washington yeah. is an Here Anthony Tolliver. I'll tell you that Here much right go. now. Oh my God. <laughs> Anthony Tolliver. You see, this is your fault. You curse this, you curse the Hornets, you curse this show. 
by disrespecting the name of Anthony Tolliver, and he had his revenge game against the Charlotte Hornets. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. The love for Anthony Tolliver has been somewhat recent and it somewhat abrupt. It came out of nowhere, and we actually had a message between all of the Locked On hosts, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and somehow even in that message, because Doug Branson put a message out there, Anthony Tolliver came up. I, I don't even know how he came up, but he did. Because he's just a grinder, baby. He's like the Gap Man, man. He comes <laughs> in and just cleans up. He gets rebounds. He knocks down three point shots. He's you know he's just a good dude. How can you not love <laughs> Anthony Tolliver? He's like the Gat Man, is what you just said. Let's go to the best jerseys of all time, Doug. ESPN, they call all of the ESPN analysts. They get together. They rank the, I don't know why, 74. I didn't read the introduction because that would require me doing more work. I just went right to the list, baby. I didn't care about the introduction. I did not read that. I just went right down to number one, and uh, I scrolled back up to get all the way to 74. But ESPN ranked the 74 best jerseys of all time, and number one, Los Angeles Lakers Showtime Gold. Number two, Boston Celtics Classic Green. And number three, it's the Chicago Bulls Road Red. And I'm already angry with this list upon reading the first three teams because pretty clearly those are not the best jerseys in NBA history. It all has to do with the fact that they're going with the three teams that have won the most championships in NBA history. Let's just go with the Lakers, the Celtics, and the Bulls. And let's even go close to that order. It's just who won the most championships? What's their best jersey? Uh, classic green. It's it's really white letters and just all green canvas. Boom, number two. And I have a problem with that. I want this to be purely measured by cosmetics. How do each of these jerseys look? I don't care that Larry Bird donned the classic green. I don't care that Magic Johnson Don the Showtime Lakers jersey. They're cool. Like, I actually kind of like the purple and gold, but I want to measure this clearly off of and, and sheerly off of cosmetics. And they don't do that, Doug. So I'm already angry if you were to read just the top three jerseys on this list. Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, that's fair. This is really, uh, the top three, really just the three best franchises in NBA history. Um, so I, I think that's that's right off the bat. So if we just move beyond that, then you go to four, and it's the Orlando Magic's '94 through '98 electric blue pinstripe uniforms. Uh, I think that to me is a fair number one jersey of all time. A lot of '90s love in this jersey but it's the problem with these rankings when they don't really set up clear definitions about what they mean like what does best jersey mean because you know if you if they had laid it out and said listen we factored in the fact that we were all looking at Michael Jordan for a large period of the 90s and we were all looking at Larry Bird for a large portion of the 80s and Magic Johnson in the 80s so uh, that's a big part of it, um, but they didn't really lay that out. So you're looking for a list that really just says style only. I don't care about history. I don't care about who wore it best. It's not a red carpet. This is just I want style only. Yeah, you mentioned the list gets a lot better very quickly. So I read this, I get angry, and then I'm happy again pretty immediately. Those electric blue Orlando. <laughs> well, listen, quarantine emotions jerseys. are like that, by the way. We're just we're just <laughs> on a roller coaster of emotion. Anything you throw at me, like last dance, every episode, I'm like, I hate this. And then the next episode comes on and I'm like, I love this. 
Yeah, that's how I was scrolling up two inches to see number four on this list. I basically moved the cursor blue and pins. found the electric blue, and it was money. I love those Orlando Magic jerseys. Also love the road black that comes into the 30s for the Orlando Magic. Those are great. But the uh, overall Orlando Magic jersey coming in at number four, the electric blue specifically. Uh, number five, Denver Nuggets, Rainbow Skyline. Fantastic. I have no problems with that coming in at number five. I do have another problem. I'm back on the downswing of emotions when they bring me the San Francisco Warriors, the city jersey. Yeah, I've never been a fan of the I've I'm never been a fan of the city jerseys. Um, they're not very good. They're simple. And I don't love those. And then just real quickly, Doug, to bring us to number seven. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets finally come into play. That's what everybody was waiting for as they listened to this podcast. The Charlotte Hornets come in at seven with their teal pinstripes from 1989 to 1996. The teal pinstripes come in at seven overall, an iconic jersey that allowed fans nationally uh, to become uh, fans of the Charlotte Hornets. How about this sick, uh, totally expected ESPN burn yep. on this list? Here's the uh, here's the write-up, the blurb on this one from McMenamin, uh, Dave McMenamin. With only 10 playoff appearances in the 31 years since the league expanded in 1988 to welcome the Hornets and no postseason run past the second round, it's not a stretch to say that the uniform is the best thing that's ever happened to the franchise. <sighs> Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Seems like a seems like an unnecessary drive-by in this time of of uh, quarantine and suffering. I don't think it was Dave. I don't think it was very necessary. Let's just talk about how great the jerseys are. Is I would have gone wrong, with the purple though? pins, by the way. Forget the teal pins. Get the teal pins out. Get the white pins out. Just give me those sweet, sweet purple pennies. Is he wrong, though, Doug? Because those jerseys <laughs> are pretty sweet. And I think that's what hurts. Well, it didn't the most. make our greatest moments. I'll tell you that much. The introduction <laughs> we, of the jerseys, that didn't make really our greatest should, moments. That's an oversight on us. That should still be fighting. So. It's a jersey. It it's a pizza. It's a, I can't even say it. It's a piece of cloth. Oh, uh, well, if we can make anything meaningless, it's, we're talking about the Hornets uh, coming back. We finally got the name back. I, I don't know, man. I think you can make anything sound meaningless. The jerseys, they're so sweet. I think that's what hurts the most is the fact that it just might be true. Uh, Dave McMiniman, shame on you. That was dirty. Number eight, by the way, Miami Heat Vice City jerseys. Probably the most Sick. recent one on the list. Yeah, those are uh, those are money. Did I say Vice City? Did I just go Grand Theft Auto? Uh, Grand Theft Auto on you? I well, they're Vice the city. Collection. Well, you were yeah. technically right. They oh, okay. are. You did go yeah. Grand Theft Auto. You, I'm sure you've been playing a lot of video games, like all of us have in this in this time. So you went Vice City there, but you're not technically incorrect. They are the city jerseys that are called the Vice Collection because they have the Miami Vice vibe to them. Um, you know, I'll be honest with the listeners of this podcast, and I probably have said this before, that as much as I love the Charlotte Hornets pinstripe jerseys of yore, they have a close place in my heart for all time. Not my favorite NBA jersey of all time. That actually comes in at number 13 in this list, the Philadelphia 76ers 2000s Dazzle jersey. I honestly didn't even know it was called the Dazzle jersey, but it's the black <laughs> Uh, Sixers jersey. You may remember this jersey from the Allen Iverson finals run against uh, the Kobe Shaq Lakers worn by Iverson, Matumbo, Eric Snow, Aaron McKee. I love that team. I love that jersey. I have a hat that is that black Sixers jersey. Fantastic. 
Love it. Yeah, I'll go with the number 11 jersey on this list, and that's the Phoenix Suns 90s black. I also like the white and purple, just that logo. That is a great jersey. I will mention that one. And Doug, because we want to keep this a little bit shorter, what are maybe three other jerseys that you want to mention wherever they might be on this list? I know it's pretty overwhelming to look at all of these jerseys, but just the other jerseys that you wanted to mention before we end today's show. Number 37, Utah Jazz, the Purple Mountains jersey. You'll be seeing a lot of those coming up in these uh, next couple of episodes of The Last Dance. I love those. Any Philadelphia jersey that has Fila on the front, I mean, I think that's just fantastic. I love any 90s goofy jersey. So number 45, the Detroit Pistons with the teal horse, the chess piece (laughs) with the the mufflers as part of it. Like they tried to work in as much as possible into that jersey. Just absolutely fantastic. Let's see if there's one more I can dig out. I mean, I dig the Utah Jazz, the Red Rocks jerseys that they have now, the uh, coming in at number 53. It hurts that Donovan Mitchell wears those. Um, Oh, I'll tell you one more. I really have a, a, a sneak place in my heart for these jerseys and the color scheme. Atlanta Hawks neon stripe, the coming in at 56. They wore these from 1970 to 1972. A lot of Pete Maravich photos have these jerseys included. And uh, you wouldn't see this color scheme again, the neon green with the blue. You wouldn't really see it again, I think, until the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, so this is a, sort of a rare color scheme in sports, but I think Atlanta and Seattle make it work. I'll try to use my selections to speak on behalf of the people because I feel like this is not a unique take, but the Toronto Raptors original dino from 95 to 99, that's number 14 on this list. I think most people would want to at least hear or see that mentioned. Also, the other jersey I think a lot of people like resides in Canada, and that's the Vancouver uh, teal kind of weird green blue color. It's sick. I like the grizzly with the paws on the basketball with the huge claws. I think a lot of people would still, I know that Mike Bibby jerseys with that particular uh, form of the Vancouver, uh, Vancouver Grizzlies jersey. I think people like that one. I've seen that one quite a bit. And I would think we would want to mention that the one. Chicago script jerseys, the scripty Chicago on the front that Jordan wore in his first few years in Chicago. That's way better than the Chicago red that made number three on the list, in my opinion. Completely agree with you. Also, the black Chicago pinstripes are oh, better. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, black with tree trim. I mentioned that uh, to John Fokey when he was rewatching a Hornets or the All-Star game with us. I like the black tree trim Minnesota Timberwolves jersey. And last but not least, I am going to give you an honorable mention. I think this is one of my favorite jerseys that nobody really discusses. It comes in at number 28. It's the Miami Heat vintage red jersey. So sick. I apologize, Hornets fan. It seems like a betrayal because Alonzo Mourning is in this picture shooting with that jersey on and Doug, you mentioned it before we actually got onto the mic that it just seems like Miami does things better than the Hornets all the time. Maybe just one step up and you hate the heat for that. <laughs> yeah, well, both in a brand, from a branding perspective and also a player development perspective, at least until this year, the Miami Heat just were able to find players out of nowhere off the street, bring them in and turn them into double-digit scores. But yeah, I do actually, I love these jerseys. These were worn from 95 to 99. They had the... Uh, Though they lifted the numbers off with with white, um, oh yeah, bezel. Yeah, they're taken off. Those numbers are taken off. Right. They, yeah. Exactly. And then you had the little heat uh, flame accent on the T. It was funny. It's like one of the rare jerseys in the '90s that didn't that wasn't like super goofy, but at the same time had just enough to make it unique. 
Um, so yeah, I love those. There's a lot. I mean, I could go on and on about this. List I know we could. So I know we could. Stuff. We have to end. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to Built Bar for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA. Also listen to oh, Chad Cavs Blue Ford, Jerseys, Hollinger and Duncan. Have a great day. Oh, I'm mad that they didn't put the black, blue, the and orange Cavs jerseys black on there. Jerseys. We'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.